0: My mother's people were all coal miners. My father's people were all steel workers. They all worked in the mills. I don't believe in miracles. I believe in Pittsburgh. We play for city and country. The city is Pittsburgh, and this is Steelers Country. All right, this is Steeler Country. I'm your host, Tony. We are deep in the thick of it. It is off-season time. The Steelers have made some moves uh, in free agency. The the combine has gotten underway and and ended, and now uh, tampering season is upon us, and and teams uh, who are looking out in free agency can... Tamper with other players legally. Essentially, you can talk to other players, even though they still are under contract for the next what, three, four days. Uh, before we get to the off season, though, I do want to thank all of you for listening. January and February both record months for this podcast. I know we we change up the format this year, and I think you guys responded well to it. So thank you very much. Uh, and let's let's uh, let's talk some off season. There were a lot of talk, and, and you know, about A B and Le'Veon after that game against New England. You know, first of all, A B's. "Quote unquote antics" and whether or not the Steelers should uh, it went it, the the talk ranged from everything from oh do they re-sign him do they have to kind of put him in a box and say oh you have to you know you have to be better for a year and then we'll give you a new contract um, all the way to should they trade Antonio Brown ridiculous talk absolutely you know it, it is it is fodder for the first take Stephen A Smith Skip Bayless types. Uh, But I think most serious Steeler fans knew Antonio Brown's contract situation was going to get worked out and worked out very quickly, and it did. He is now the highest paid wide receiver in the NFL. He has been the best wide receiver or one of the best wide receivers for the last five years. He deserved this contract. He deserves every penny of it. Uh, And and it was a great deal for the Steelers because of the way that they've had to kind of roll some salary up for him the last couple years to kind of get him in line with where he should be paid. This means that the Steelers now do not lose any salary going into 2017 because of this new deal, right? He was, I think, he was scheduled to make uh, 12 or 13 million dollars coming into this season. He will still make and count 12 or 13 million dollars against the salary cap, uh, so it didn't it didn't have any effect in that. And that's an awesome deal for the Steelers. And then Le'Veon Bell is same situation, right? I mean, you know, talk afterwards about, oh, is is his uh, injury problems? is he too injury prone is he a running back who is injury prone can you give him a big contract yada yada you know again all of this nonsense was just that the Steelers were always going to franchise tag Le'Veon Bell they were always going to leave themselves that room until July to give him a new deal and they will do that right Le'Veon Bell is scheduled to make now 12 million dollars which is the franchise tag for running back they will have until July 15th to work out a longer term deal I expect that they're going to work out a long-term deal with him. First of all, it's in their best interest. He's the best running back in football. You want to l- lock him up. And really, it's in his best interest, right? Because, you know, they're, while I, I don't buy into the he's an injury-prone running back, right, just any running back playing on a one-year deal is, you know, you're, you're taking your salary in your own hands at that point, right? You could be making – he could be scheduled to make seventy, eighty million million, $80 million over the next uh, four or five years if he wanted to. And so – you know he's gonna to have to wonder. He's gonna to have to say, do I hold out for the extra, you know, whatever it's gonna be, five, seven million dollars? The Steelers are gonna, uh, w- the wiggle room that they're gonna have between what Le'Veon wants and what the Steelers are gonna be able to offer, or does he just take that deal because you don't want to play in a franchise tag? Again, that, that's up to him. But but again, that that will play itself out over the summer. It will not be an issue. The Steelers will have Le'Veon Bell going into 2017. So those are the two big contracts. That the Steelers had coming into the offseason, right? You needed to get a long-term deal for AB. You needed to get Le- Le'Veon Bell, at least under the franchise tag, so you can work it out with him over time. They've done that. No drama there. Uh, done and done. They've also done some other moves. They've resigned a lot of their restricted or exclusive rights free agents. Uh, and then even some of their unrestricted free agents got resigned. signed uh, I'll just go over all of them. We can talk about the big ones. Uh, long snapper Greg Warren. Linebacker Steven Johnson. Tackle Chris Hubbard. Chris uh, Hubbard. The starting cornerback Ross Cockrell, running back Fitzgerald Toussaint, fullback Roosevelt Knicks, wide receiver Comey Hamilton, safety Jordan Dangerfield, uh, kicker Chris Boswell, and linebacker Anthony Chicolo all resigned. And the biggest one, outside linebacker James Harrison, resigned to a two-year deal. Um, I think the biggest ones out of there are uh, pretty obvious, right? Chris Boswell needed to get him a deal, did, and it was you know it was forced, right? He's an exclusive rights free agent. He didn't have a chance. He wasn't on the open market. Um, they got a, a steal for him. Um, Roosevelt, next, same thing for him, right? He, he wasn't a restricted – or he was a restricted free agent. They had to re-sign him. They needed to – he had to re-sign. Uh, but a great deal because he's uh, been a fantastic fullback for the Steelers. The one that is kind of controversial for the Steelers is the Ross Cockrell situation. Ross Cockrell is a restricted free agent, and the way a restricted free agency works uh, in a situation like uh, Cockrell is – you can tender him at three different levels, right? The highest level where you pay him the highest salary, which I believe is like three or three and a half million dollars, um, or this, and then if someone were to come in, now, the way restricted free agency works is I offer you three million dollars. You have to sign it, right? You don't have a choice. You have to sign it, uh, or someone can come in from the outside. Another team can come in and say, I want, I'm, I'll actually pay you a long term. They'll structure an actual contract, right? 40 years, $12 million, whatever it would be, right? Okay, so Cockrell could say, yeah, I will sign that deal. And then depending on the tier, depending on the, the level that the, the Steelers tendered him at, the other team will have to give them a pick. The highest level, which is $3.5 million, I think, is a salary, you have to, the other team would give up a first-round pick if they were to offer a bigger contract than that. The second tender, which I think is like 2 or $2.5 million, is a second-round pick. And then the lowest level is only $1 million that you have to pay in salary. So it's a pretty good bargain. But the, the draft pick that you would be getting from the team uh, is, is a original, it's quote, original round tender, which means whatever round the player was picked, that's the draft pick they have to give up. So in the case of Ross Cockrell, he actually was drafted by the Buffalo Bills, and he was drafted in the fourth round. So if some team were to come in and offer Cockrell a big deal that the Steelers didn't want to match, the Steelers would only get a fourth round pick back for Ross Cockrell. I don't think that's a huge deal. Because I don't think there's going to be a team that's going to come in and offer Ross Cockrell a big deal, right? I think Ross Cockrell is a very serviceable corner. He was good for us. I think he got better as the year went on. He's young. He'll continue to get better. But again, he's very much in the Steelers system right now. He's not Richard Sherman. He's not one of the best corners in football. Um, He's far from it, actually. So... The, the chances of someone coming in and offering Ross Cockrell a deal that the Steelers turned down is very, very low. I think the Steelers are taking the, a super low risk here to save a couple million dollars that they can use on other players. Um, and, then, you know, and then the other big one is James Harrison. So James Harrison gets a two-year deal. He comes back. Huge huge for us because he played so well at the end of last year, deserved to come back, uh, and, and he will compete again for the outside linebacker position. Uh, awesome to have him back. Some other guys I think are likely to be re-signed here in the coming days are are Lawrence Timmons, uh, who had a fantastic year this year. Still a bit of a liability in in pass coverage, although he had a couple big interceptions this year. I think he played um, better than people give him credit for. But, you know, just such a presence on defense and and, uh, had some huge, huge moments throughout the year. Uh, It was—look, it was very possible the Steelers were going to come into this offseason and just let him go, right? I think after they re-signed Vince Williams a year ago— that was really the, the telltale sign, right? That they are going to let Lawrence Timmons go and just go with Vince Williams. But now, after what he's done in 2016, he didn't really fall off. Um, you can probably get him back on a bargain deal. And if you can, you probably should. And I think that they will. Uh, the other guy, tight end David Johnson, I think, you know, here's a guy who the Steelers like. He's a good depth guy. Um,. He can be used at both fullback and tight end. He's a you know kind of utility guy. Tomlin likes him. You can get him for a, probably a pretty cheap. Um, there's already rumors that they're working on a contract, so not going to be surprised to see him re-signed. And then Alejandro Villanueva, he again is a restricted free agent, but I think, or I think he's exclusive rights free agent actually. Uh, but he will be not only just re-signed to his uh, to his restricted free agency deal. He will get a long-term contract from the Steelers. So I think there's no doubt about that. He has proved uh, he won our most improved player of the year, and he will be the Steelers left tackle of the future. Some question marks on that free agency list, I think, are obviously quarterback Landry Jones. Um, the question mark there is how much are you willing to pay to bring Landry Jones back, right? Obviously, Landry Jones is good enough to be the backup quarterback for the Steelers. He proved that for the last two years, right? I, I think there's debate there, but it's a very dumb one. Um, and it is only it is only because no one's ever seen Zach Mattenberger throw a football in a Steeler uniform. If they had, I think there would be no debate here that Landry Jones is good enough to be the backup. Now, the question, though, is how much do you want to pay for Landry Jones to be the backup? Because, you know, reports are that Mike Glennon is going to make over $10 million a year to potentially be the backup quarterback for the Buccaneers or the backup quarterback somewhere. That is outrageous, and that, that cannot be the going rate for backup quarterbacks in the NFL right now. If that is the case, if someone were to give that kind of contract or even close to that kind of a contract to Landry Jones, you would obviously have to let him go. So the the question mark there is really how much of a market is there for Landry Jones, right? Or are the Steelers really just going to be negotiating against themselves, in which case they can probably get Landry Jones back on kind of a bargain deal, which I think is what they want. Um, So it'll be interesting to watch that situation. I think the Steelers need a backup quarterback, Right, there is an a open hole on the roster. The quarterback position is just Ben Roethlisberger and Zach Mettenberger. Do you bring back Landry Jones? Do you wait for the draft? Do you get another guy like a Josh McCown veteran type? Uh, interesting to see what they do there. I think that's a position to watch. And the other guy is defensive end, uh, defensive lineman Ricardo Matthews. You know, he spent a lot of time injured last year. He's a one kind of a one-and-done player a little bit. Uh, and I'll be interesting to see if they if they try to bring him back. He provided some good depth there at a position where we needed depth, especially at the end of the year. Um, and I thought he was a good player. So I'll be interested to see if the Steelers were to make a deal uh, with Ricardo Matthews. And then some guys who I think we can say goodbye to, you know, wide receiver Marcus Wheaton. I think he's a very he has a lot of potential, right? He he's very easily a player who you can imagine, you know, going to a team and doing very very well for them. Um, he spent all of this season injured, and, and it was too bad because it was a position where the Steelers really could have used him. But I think he's just going to have to go. I think you can't it, in this, the position the Steelers are at right now at wide receiver, you can't bring back a guy like Marcus Wheaton who has so many question marks when you already have so many question marks at wide receiver. So I expect to see Marcus Wheaton sign somewhere else. Uh, D'Angelo Williams is kind of in the same situation. I mean, he's just kind of old um he had injury problems at the end of last year there's so many good running backs in this draft and now the Steelers have that extra pick in the in the extra third round pick for the compensatory selection I don't I don't expect them to bring him back I really think the Steelers are going to look somewhere else for backup running back someone younger um someone who can stay who who can hopefully stay healthy because you don't want the the worst case scenario is that Fitzgerald Toussaint's your your backup running back and Le'Veon were to get hurt um, I love Fitzgerald Toussaint, but again, I don't think he's an every down running back. And then Jarvis Jones, we knew this coming into the year. I mean, Jarvis Jones, we can officially say it now, was a bust. Um, he will not be back as a Steeler. And then, you know, in free agency now, that, you know, going through that list, right, the Steelers haven't really spent all of their salary cap. Uh, the salary cap went up by a pretty substantial margin this year, and so it leaves the Steelers with about $20 million to play with. That's a lot of money. But the Steelers aren't a team that's been known to make big splashes in free agency. I know every year we go into free agency wondering, oh, are they going to get, you know, player X or, or player Y? Are they going to get the big guy, right? You, you kind of get that top-tier list, and you look at everyone's top 100 free agency, and you go, ooh, I want this guy. I want the Steelers never get those guys, right? They always get some middle-tier of the tier, middle tier player who you've heard of, but he's not, like, the top guy at his position, right? Last year it was Ladarius Green, who I think there was some excitement for because it kind of came out of nowhere. Um, and it certainly, you know, light bulbs went off and you went, ooh, this could really work. Um, but again, I don't, th- I don't think they're going to bring in someone bigger than that. Or, or like two years ago when they brought in, or was it three years ago now, and they brought in Mike Mitchell, right? Again, here's a, Mike Mitchell is a nice player. You know, you gave him a nice $5 million a year contract. You know, you're not breaking the bank to bring in a free agent. Um, I think you're going to expect the Steelers to make that kind of move again this year, but anything bigger than that, I would be very, very shocked. Another thing that happened this offseason, the Combine just got done. Uh, I'll be talking more about the draft in the coming weeks, but I do want to talk about the Combine in in particular here because this is a very deep draft. Um, and The the talk coming out of the the Combine is how deep this draft is, particularly at cornerback with how athletic those guys were and how athletic they ran um and then an edge rushing or edge rusher excuse me and running back this is just a very very deep class and it's going to be very interesting now with the Steelers having an extra draft pick on the second day an extra third round draft pick they have they have four picks in the first hundred or first hundred and ten uh that's huge that's huge especially in this draft that is so deep it really gives the Steelers a lot of flexibility so let's talk about what they're going to do with that flexibility, right? Let's go through some question mark positions, and we can kind of talk through uh, what, what kind of the outlook is on, on each position. We'll start with quarterback. You know, we talked about this a little bit. Zach Mettenberger uh, currently slated to be the backup quarterback. That can't be the case going into the season. There has to be someone who is at least competing. I'm not saying Zach Mettenberger can't be the backup quarterback come day one, but at least let's get some competition in there for him, someone on Mettenberger's level who can push him uh, if, if – Push comes to shove, and he's gonna be the backup quarterback. And the real question that I have in this draft is, do you pull the trigger on the backup or the quarterback of the future, right? And the reason that I say this is twofold, right? Number one, you have the extra third-round pick, so you're gonna get an extra guy in this draft. Is that extra guy the quarterback? And I know you know all this talk about Ben Roethlisberger retiring kind of gets, you know, gets old after a while because obviously Ben Roethlisberger is not gonna retire. But this is not a rumor coming out of Pittsburgh, right? This is not someone spreading it on the rumor mill. This is Ben Roethlisberger saying it himself that he's thinking about retirement, right? Ben Roethlisberger is the one who put the word out there. So the Steelers, I think, have to take that at face value. and They have to look at what they're going to do with this position. And I think that's why there's even talk that the Steelers are looking at bringing in Mike Glennon. Although, I th- again, I think that that contract would be outrageous. But if you if you were trying to justify it in any way, you would say, well... I guess they feel like Ben Roethlisberger has one year left, maybe, uh, and they need someone who they feel like they can trust going forward. Now, I don't think it's Mike Glennon. But again, if they're going to make a deal like that, I think that would be why. But again, it, you know, if, if we're looking at the draft, you have four picks in the, in the top 110. This is not a huge QB draft at the top. Right? It is not like there is Peyton Manning sitting out there for you, or Andrew Luck, or Marcus Mariota, or Jameis Winston, right? This is not that draft. But this is a draft full of guys at that kind of second tier. Right? All these guys, I think, mashed up in the middle. And no one knows really who's the best quarterback in this draft. And I think that's why it's the worst part of it, is because you have all these kind of mishmash of players who have major flaws. But I think that can be okay, right? Quarterbacks with major flaws have Come out and done the best in the recent, most recent drafts, right? Russell Wilson, uh, Dak Prescott, right? These are guys who were not taken very high in the draft. In fact, they were both taken, I believe, in the fourth, third, or fourth round. But they were guys who, in college, were just winners, right? They went out there, they they weren't necessarily hugely splashy. But they, they had the kind of it factor. And there are some guys in this draft who, when I watch them on tape, may just have that it factor. And if a guy like Deshaun Watson is there at the end of the second round or even into the third round, do you take a Deshaun Watson? I mean, look, I, I, I know he has all the problems that everyone says he does. He has terrible mechanics and he throws really dumb interceptions and, and he has a very much of a hard time reading intricate defenses. But, but, he is an absolute winner, Uh, What he did against Alabama two years in a row, right, coming out and putting on a show two years in a row against the best defense in college football in the national title game has to mean something. And again, I'm not saying you take him with the number one pick, but I am saying you consider him with that extra pick that you have uh, in in the third round or, or potentially even you could reach on him in the second round. And then there are other guys. Brad Kaya is another one the same way, right? I think Brad Kaya has some potential. I think Patrick Mahomes has huge potential. You watch him on on tape, and, you know, obviously he's not a day-one starter, but, you know, he's a really fun guy to watch on tape. He reminds me a little bit of Ben Roethlisberger with the way he he loves to run around and do things outside the pocket and kind of an improviser. Um, I think Deshaun Kaiser on Notre Dame, again, he has the look at times, and then there are other times when you go, whoa. And Mitch Mitch Trubisky, I mean, look, those are probably guys who are going to get taken too high in the draft, but Mitch Trubisky is another guy who I look at on tape and I go, well, you know he's got some wow factor to him, mixed in with all the crap, though, uh, and I think that's what I think that's why a lot of people are, are kind of hesitant to take a quarterback in this draft. I think the Steelers maybe shouldn't be, because third round pick, take a guy, you take a flyer on a guy, uh, you, maybe you hit on it, but again, it's almost a freebie. It's almost a freebie. All right, let's move on. Let's talk about running back. Uh, again, we talked about this again. You know, this is a backup running back situation, and it's it's likely a draft pick because there are so many running backs in this draft. Donta Foreman on Texas, Brian Hill on Wyoming, uh, the kid on BYU, right? I'm not talking about the Steelers taking Leonard Fournette or taking, um, uh, Dalvin cook, right? Certainly those guys are going to be long gone by this time. The Steelers pick, but this being such a deep draft and running back kind of being this position that falls further and further into the draft. I, I think, you know, taking a running back, with the second third round pick or even into the fourth or fifth round you're still going to get a very very good running back who is more than capable of taking over that backup position Um, there are so many good running backs in this draft I really like the Steelers to take one in the draft I would be surprised to see them take one in free agency wide receiver though this is an interesting one going into the draft this is an interesting one going into free agency right now right free agency starts in what three or four days now Martavis Bryant applied for reinstatement. He has not been reinstated. He will not be reinstated anytime soon. We know that. We know the NFL operates, right? The Steelers are going to go into free agency and they're going to wonder if they have Martavis Bryant for the 2017 season. And they're probably going to go into the draft with the same question, right? The question mark for Martavis Bryant is will he get reinstated and will he get reinstated before the draft? Because if not, if you go into the draft... And your wide receiver position is kind of the same as what you left it, right? It is, it is Sammy Coates at the number two if he's healthy. And there are reports that Sammy Coates' fingers look terrible and they look man- you know, quote-unquote mangled uh, from Pittsburgh media. That's not good. That's not a position we want to be in, right? I'm not watching Kobe Hamilton <laughs> split uh, alongside Antonio Brown there. You know, we have Eli Rogers at, sl- at the slot receiver position. I think he's awesome. Antonio Brown, obviously, one of the best wide receivers in football. But number two has to be uh, – we have to figure that situation out. Um, and if it's Martavis Bryant, awesome. If it's not Martavis Bryant, who is it? And do you have to draft someone just, just in case? Do you have to sign someone in a free agency just in case? Is the guy we sign with that kind of extra money we have, is it a wide receiver? Because it kind of has to be. Is it a, is it a draft pick? Because it has to be? Who knows? Who knows? I mean, the Steelers are are going to be much better off the, the quicker Martavis Bryant gets reinstated, but I don't think that's going to happen anytime soon. And then the two defensive positions, I think the two biggest needs on the team right away, you look at the roster and you go right to two positions. Number one, edge rusher. Bud Dupree did a fantastic job last year. James Harrison did a fantastic job last year. But those guys came on late, right? Bud Dupree had some injury problems early. James Harrison, look, his age is just he's just he's getting up there. So you've got to figure out what you're going to do at that position outside of those two guys. You can count on Bud Dupree? Can you count on James Harrison? Again, you know, at 37, 38 years old, he's going to have to go through another off-season workout. He's going to, have to go through another training camp. Remember, he didn't play a lot early in the year. They kind of kept him fresh uh for the for that end run and he did fantastic in that. But who is going to be your starting outside linebacker at the beginning of the year if it's not James Harrison because the only other guys on the roster right now are Arthur Motes and Anthony Ciccolo, and I don't think either of those guys at this point are worthy of a starting spot, uh, especially when getting to the quarterback pass rush has been such a problem for this team. Again, this is a position where free agency makes a lot of sense because you want to bring in a a guy, a veteran guy who can compete, but I look around at who those edge rushers would be in free agency, and you know Melvin Ingram's already gotten re-signed. Um, you know, Brandon Graham's not going to be available. So what are we going to do in free agency? Wh- who is the guy that's going to come in at the edge rush spot who's really going to come in and make an impact? I don't know if he's there, but he probably is in the draft. So they will add someone in the draft. I think this is, this is the most likely selection uh, in either the first or second round in the draft because it is such a need for this team to bring in a guy to compete. And then the other position is cornerback. And this has been where most of the talk has been among the rumor mill of where the Steelers are looking in free agency, that they want to take a big free agent corner. My problem with a lot of these rumors is that this has been the rumor for many, many years now, and they haven't done it, right? The big free agency pickups that the Steelers have made at corner have been Ross Cockrell, who they picked up off the street after he got cut by the Bills, and they picked up Antoine Blake a couple years ago. Those are your big... Free agency pickups, right? They didn't get Revis when he was available. And they're probably not going to get Revis again this year, even though he's available. But there's so many rumors that they are. And there's other rumors that we're going after Dre Kirkpatrick. Again, I'll believe it when I see it. It's an interesting it, it's an interesting thing for the Steelers to do, to bring in a corner. Because to me, I'm more interested in not just uh not just not just that the Steelers would pick up a corner, but what corner are you gonna pick up? What corner position are they looking to upgrade is this competition for Ross Cockrell at the outside starting corner or is this more competition for William Gay at the slot corner or you know the elephant in the room here at corner is Senquez Golson, who we took as our second round pick two years ago and you know just never materialized hurt too often do they feel like he could be a real uh, competitive player against William Gay or do they feel like they have to bring in someone from the street uh, someone a free agent to compete with William Gay. I'm interested in that kind of thing, right? If it's Revis and they want him to play outside against, and they want to they want to give Cockrell uh, some some pressure, I'm fine with that. But if it's going to be for William Gay, I'm fine with that too, right? I'm interested to see where they. I think there is a some likelihood here because there are some some big name corners uh, available in free agency that they actually would take a corner this year, right? I actually could see it happening, but I'm interested to see which corner it is and which position. It'll be. Um, I don't. I, again, I don't want to get people's hopes up. They're not going to get like A.J. Boye, right? A.J. Boye is one of the best cornerbacks or proved to be one of the best cornerbacks in football last year. He's going to get a bajillion dollars. And the Steelers are not – yes, they have $20 million to play with. But the thing that they're not going to do is they're not going to go, here, player X, here's $15 million a year. Here, be our number five played, paid player. Like that's not going to happen. Again, the guys that they take are like Mike Mitchell, five million a year. Ladarius Green, five million a year. They might take Drake Kirkpatrick and pay him something like that. You know, could they take Revis? I really doubt it, especially with the the whole incident in Pittsburgh now. But again, there are other corners who they can get. I think, uh, I think this is a position. It's interesting. It'll be interesting to see where they go here. All right, that's gonna do it for Still the Country. I'll be back next week. I want to I want to kind of talk more about. Uh, free agency next week, and kind of what the Steelers actually do. Um, I, I do anticipate that we're gonna we're gonna hear about um, Lawrence Timmons and, and his new contract fairly soon. Um, potentially even Landry Jones fairly soon. Or I think Landry Jones might be one of those guys who uh, gets signed early in free agency. So. Next week, free agency will start. We will talk about uh, all of the moves that, that the, the NFL makes and the Steelers, in particular, make if they do make any splashes. And then we'll continue on uh, into draft time. We'll be I'll be doing uh, breakdowns of each position, the guys I like at that position, who I think the Steelers should take at that position, or if I even think the Steelers should take anyone at a certain position. Right? We'll be talking about that uh, all the way up. We we have we have what two months now? Uh, what six weeks, seven weeks until the draft? I'm excited. This is my favorite time of year. Uh, is is getting ready for the draft and kind of watching uh, film and and breaking down these young prospects, um, building for the Steelers' future. So we'll do that next week. Thank you for listening. See you then.